Welcome to KJV Cafe, where we explore great truths from God's holy word in a simple, down-to-earth fashion. Romans 10:17 shows us where faith comes from. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Let's grow our faith together in the cafe today. Our program is hosted by Pastor Clark Covington and brought to you by Heartland Ministries. Grab your Bible and a hot cup of coffee or tea and join us now as we explore God's Holy Word. Thank you for joining me on the program today. Good to be here. Welcome to KJV Cafe. I'm Pastor Clark Covington here with a message today out of the book of Isaiah. Isaiah 51 verse 5. My righteousness is near, my salvation is gone forth, and my arms shall judge the people. The isles shall wait upon me, and on mine arms shall they trust. What a powerful verse here, Isaiah 51.5. There's a lot here, and we're going to unpack it. There's about five parts to it, and we're going to spend most of our time on the fifth part. But hey, the number five, that's the number of grace. And in Isaiah 51.5, we see God's grace. Oh my goodness. You know what? There's two fives in that verse, and there's really doubly the grace in that verse. Uh, There's so much grace here. A righteousness is near. God is not far. God is a righteousness. When we study righteousness, when we talk of righteousness, we must look to Jesus Christ. He is our righteousness. The Bible says that Jesus is the end of the law, the fulfillment of the law. And so our righteousness is near specifically, God is not far. He's very close. People often think that God is afar off. Maybe that's why they act ambivalent or they act like they don't care or they act rebellious or they act uh, frustrated. If they knew how close God was, oh goodness, or God is, I should say, they would act quite different. God's righteousness is near. You know, for the believer, uh, when we're saved, we receive the Holy Ghost. We have God living within us. Uh, and God is omnipresent. That means he's everywhere at all times. And you say, well, Brother Clark, how could a person be here and there at the same time? Well, God is beyond a person. He's a spirit, and he can be everywhere at all times. And he is. And his righteousness, we have never forget that God is holy. He's a righteous God. His righteousness is near. And for a believer, this should be a reminder to us that we should live as God wants us to live. And we should live uh, as hard as it is um, to be repentant and and to try our best to live holy, uh, to try to follow all the commands that he gives us because his righteousness is near. Uh, If you want to take that even to the physical realm, uh, you could think of the Bible. The Bible is full of God's word and his righteousness. And if you're like me, your Bible is quite close to you. It could be on your desk, could be on your table. If you have a smartphone, it could be on uh, an app and therefore could be in your pocket or on uh, on your table or wherever nearby. But God's word is near. And so his righteousness is near. Secondly, his uh, salvation has gone forth. You know, he sent Jesus to die for our sins so we could live. This is something that's already been done. You know, as a believer, I'm always looking uh, for the rapture, uh, that blessed uh, hope. I'm looking for the glory to come. Amen. I'm a, a pilgrim in this world. I'm looking to go home. Amen. I hope you are too. 
so we're looking forward, but at the same time, we also can look back and say, you know, salvation has gone forth. Jesus Christ did come. Uh, it's verified fact. He lived, amen, and he uh, walked this earth, and uh, he was very much alive and a person, uh, even though he was born of a virgin. And Jesus Christ died for our sins on the cross so that we could live. And he was miraculously resurrected the third day, according to the scriptures. And now that we know that he's resurrected, that's our salvation. Jesus Christ died for our sins. He was the propitiation, the Bible says. That's a big word to say, kind of the payment or the fulfilling payment for our sin debt. And it's been done. It is completed. And so as Christians, we often feel like, oh, to be saved, we need to uh, do all these good works. Or like I was talking about righteousness, that we have to do that for salvation. We don't. Uh, We are saved by what? By faith. The Bible says it's impossible to please God without having faith. Abraham was justified through faith. We are saved through faith alone in Jesus Christ alone. Amen. And so salvation has gone forth. It is a done deal. And not only uh, to the for those that um, are are have not been saved, is that a great thing? Because they can be, amen. And I, my hope, my prayer is that they will be. Uh, but also for the believer, it's something that we can look back on and say, wow, you know what? This has been done for us and we've accepted Christ's free gift of salvation and now we're saved uh, for an eternity. We'll be with him in glory. So God's salvation has gone forth. Uh, and then it says, um, and my arms shall judge the people. We have to remember that God is the judge. So he's righteous and he's near. Uh, his salvation has gone forth through Jesus Christ, and he is the judge. How much time and effort do we go uh, spend trying to rightly judge this or that, or trying to press on an opinion or whatever, trying to figure out this whole broken world? When he is the judge, he's totally the judge. It brings me into point number four of this five-part verse. Isles, or the world, shall wait upon me. Isles shall wait upon me. The world shall wait upon God. What that means is God's in full control. He's fully sovereign, amen. Uh, He has full control over this world. Jesus spoke about how the rocks would cry out and praise God uh, if he hadn't, amen. The, The God is in full control of this entire world. And so we must understand uh, that it looks out of control to us, but he's in full control. There's no emergency meetings in heaven, as uh, uh, preacher Adrian Rogers used to say. Uh, it is There's only plans, and I believe that. There's only plans. God has a great plan, and despite giving uh, man free will, choose him or reject him. He still is enacting his plan. He's working in the hearts and minds of, I believe, all people. Amen. Uh, He can do that. He's supernatural. He's everywhere and he's all powerful and the world waits upon him. So he's in full control. So we should rest knowing that God's near us and not far. Uh, We should rest knowing that Jesus Christ is our salvation and he has already completed that work. And all we have to do is accept that free gift of salvation and reflect on it. Amen. We should rest and be excited that he is the judge, that we are not tasked with figuring out what's right and wrong all day long in this world, but that God is the judge. And not only does he judge and will he judge, but we can read, of course, in the Bible of his righteous judgment to help inform our character and our walk and our lives. And we can rest knowing that he is in control of this world as crazy as it looks. He's in full control and his plan will come to fruition. It will happen uh, no matter what anyone says. All of that to say, here we are to the fifth part of this verse. 
on mine arm shall they trust. On mine arm shall they trust. So we see his righteousness. We see salvation. We see his judgment. We see the fact that he has the whole world in his hands. And now we see in his arm or his, his arms will they trust the believer? Will we trust? He is our protector. He's our help. He's our refuge. I believe this is referring uh, maybe even deeper to not just trusting God in general, but trusting him in times of need. You know, Think of a little child. You know, He's like Father God. We're little children to him, those that have been saved. Amen. Think of a little child. Uh, they're injured. They're hurt. Uh, they're weak. What do they do? They go run off to mommy or daddy. What does mommy or daddy do? Pick them up. I've got a couple of young kids. Uh, they're four and five now, the younger ones, but they were babies once. And uh, they get hurt and we just run over to daddy and daddy's big arm would pick them up and hold them securely, hold them safely. Oh, that's a picture of our Lord today. Can you see it? In his arm, we trust that he'll hold us, that he'll protect us, that not one thing will happen to us unless he allows it. Uh, you say, Brother Clark, where do you get that from? Well, think of when Jesus uh, was talking to Pontius Pilate and Pilate was saying, don't you realize I have the power to end your life or to give you life? And Jesus said, you have no power, but what my father has given you to paraphrase. And so Jesus recognized the sovereignty of God and the power of God and that Jesus recognized as brutal as the crucifixion was, it was God's will for his people. In fact, that's forecasted in Isaiah as well, that it was God's will for his people that Christ should suffer. And oh, did he suffer? And oh, is it so difficult to think on the suffering sometimes? And it, it breaks your heart, but then you realize the need of all of us sinners for Christ to die on the cross for us. And that need could only be fulfilled by Christ dying on the cross for us. And and when it is fulfilled, then we should take verses like this so seriously and understand that righteousness is, is, is unbelievably uh, amazing and it's only from God and it's only from Christ dying for our sins. That's how we're clothed with righteousness because we accept Jesus Christ as Savior. We are saved by the blood. Amen. We are made pure. We are made as white as snow because of what Christ did. But it's God's arm that we trust. He's our protector. You think about the world, you know, many people, they get into uh, a problem. They have an issue. What do they do? They go turn to the world. That's what they know. And so that's what they turn to. They may turn to vain philosophies. They may turn to false gods. They may turn to idols. They may turn to their workplace. They may turn to materialism. They may turn to um, adultery. They may turn to uh rebellion, you know, and abuse, uh, abusing things like pills or alcohol or uh, whatever else, drugs. The world doesn't understand that there is a God that is right there near and is strong and all powerful and will protect and preserve his own. Amen. Because some, and I would say those that are believers and those uh, that maybe this becomes the time where they're broken and they get saved, they turn to God. Think about your lowest times. Have you turned to God? Have you seen what he's done? Amen. I would say there was a time that I was very low in my life as a young man in my 20s, and I turned to God, and I prayed, and I begged God, and I did, was undeserving of what I was praying for, but I needed some big help, and God showed up that day, not a week later, not a month later, not a year later, that day. 
The strong arm was there that day. And I'll never forget that. Now, I know God's timing is not our timing. And I know some people have been praying for years. I have things I've been praying for, family members, lost family members, and praying for them for years. And God's timing is his timing. And he is sovereign. Amen. He does as he pleases. And there's scripture on that. But when we think about how powerful he is, and how protective he is of his people. I've been studying the Song of Solomon and the love story between this woman and Solomon and the idea that this is the church and Jesus Christ and this idea that the Lord views us in this light uh, is so close and intimate relationship with him that he cares about us. And then you tell me that he doesn't know when we suffer? You tell me that he doesn't know when we're weak? Uh, it makes you think of 2 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong." hey, that's good stuff right there. That's Paul dealing with a thorn in the flesh, asking for it to be relieved, and it wasn't. But yet he realized that in his weakness, God got the glory because God preserved him. God protected him. God persevered him. And he became uh, the apostle to the Gentiles. And he did so much uh, that's written in the Bible. That's all by God's preservation. So when we are weak, God is made strong. So if you are weak today, cry out to God. He is near. He will hold you in his strong arm. You you need to be saved. But once saved, you will have this closeness with God uh, that you can draw upon, especially as you live righteously. The Bible says he hears the prayers of the righteous to call upon God, to have that strong arm, to have that thought of salvation in Jesus Christ constantly running through your mind, to have that idea that it won't always be like this, it won't always be so hard, is worth it in the end. God is strong and he is able. So I compel you today, I urge you today to turn to God, to get into his word, to pray to him and to seek him with everything you got because he is worthy and let's give him the glory when he relieves us of our burdens. Amen. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks for listening to this episode of KJV Cafe. Have a question for Pastor Clark? Email him directly at clark at enduringpromise.org or visit kjvcafe.com and click the envelope button on the homepage. Our program is hosted by Pastor Clark Covington and brought to you by Heartland Ministries. We'll close today with Psalm 119, verses 166 through 168. Lord, I have hoped for thy salvation and done thy commandments. My soul hath kept thy testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. I have kept thy precepts and thy testimonies, for all my ways are before thee.